0: This is Tom Toles. You're listening to Without WithoutYourHead.com, and you're doing it without your head. Think about it. Oh, wait, you can't.
1: You don't have a head. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, man, I went too far again. Station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neil, and I'm joined by a fellow Neil with an eye, though. Neil Stevens. It's very good to have you here. Good to have you, Neil. Uh, good to talk to you. Yes. And so Face Your Fears is going to be playing at Shriekfest.
0: Very excited. It is. Yes. Yes. I'm very excited. This it's more of a be... statement than a question. Oh. <laughs> I will you, you pause for a second. All All right. Right. I was trying to understand. I was thinking, I'm like, yes, I'm pretty sure. Yes, yes, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Right.
1: So uh, for people not aware yet, can you give them an idea of what Face Your Fears is? Which sometimes is hard with a short because you don't want to give away the whole, uh, the whole movie.
0: Right, right. How much, how much can you talk about? Uh, basically, it's about a, uh, a young woman who's terrified of the dark, takes a pet sitting job where she discovers a supernatural game called Face Your Fears that promises to cure her fears if she faces them first. Um, and this is, is this audio or video? Cause in, in the background you can see the Probably game, both. but okay. All right. So that's the game in the, in the background.
1: Oh, it is. It's the actual, uh, almost like the yeah, Jack in the box. Yeah. The idea. Yeah. There, yeah. So did you have that? Is that something you found or did you make it for the movie? I had to make, I had to make a whole new game
0: that did not exist. Uh, we were talking a little bit about board games before yeah. uh, we started chatting. I, I'm, I'm a big fan and um, I, uh, yeah, I, I basically, I had to just come up with a new, a new concept. So I created a, basically created a new game from scratch.
1: Uh, before we go back to the movie, uh, what kind of, cause I, I grew up playing Dungeons and Dragons and board games, all kinds of games. So what were some of your favorite games? Oh, uh, so I,
0: I, I, I never got, I mean, I was, I was young. I think Dungeons and Dragons are probably too complicated for me when I was young, but I love my heroes brother is heroes. nine
1: years older. And so I played with him and his friends. So otherwise, oh, okay.
0: Okay. Yeah. I, I, I played Dungeon and Dragons light basically, uh, which was called heroes quest. I love heroes uh, quest. Heroes yeah. Quest, yeah. That was like Dungeon and Dragons for beginners. Uh, I was, I was obsessed with that game when I was younger um, so we play that all the time. I never quite graduated to Dungeons and Dragons, um, but I, I played that for uh, a number of years. So I would say that was probably uh, that was probably my favorite. I, I love Stratego. I'm a big Stratego fan. And, um, I play chess a lot. Uh, I, I still kind of play it. That's probably one of my favorites as well.
1: Yeah, they actually just re-released uh, Heroes Quest uh, I think earlier this year because I know they like a Kickstarter uh to re-release the game which is right. Very-
0: because it it seemed like it was so hard to get a game because it was so old and and you know you'd have to spend like $100 to get the original set and I was like ah oh, like I want to get a, I get it but it's, it's so expensive so that makes me very happy to hear that they that they're re-releasing it.
1: Yeah and then there was a, a cop two two or three expansions and I've one of them but I remember like they were really hard to even find at the time. Yeah, one like a Yeti and, and something else. But we're not here to talk about HeroQuest, but HeroQuest is a good game for, for people. Great game, great game, yeah. So I like them, um, and I noticed because I watch a, a few of your shorts, and you uh, have this in a few of them where you've got, like, music that's that would be, like, pleasant and innocent, and then it's contrasted with uh, horror, which I always think, I always like that. I think it works well.
0: Yeah, kind of that counter, counter-punctual thing um where like, i see like tarantino kind of does that a lot where he'll throw in like a happy fun song during a horrible scene and it and it kind of the irony of it um has some interesting effect on the yeah. viewer i find
1: yeah yeah you can never hear uh stuck in the middle with you without thinking of an ear getting cut off after yes
0: exactly and would you have ever thought that before no (laughs) you would never never associate that song with something so horrible so
1: i think that's what makes it fun so along those lines uh, who would be like your influences would tarantino be one of them um i i love he's one
0: of my favorite directors i don't know if he's an influence so much um i i i would probably start with carpenter Uh, We were already talking about Carpenter a little bit beforehand, but um, I I just I love his type of horror. He's he makes really good horror movies that are scary and fun. Like there's always a fun factor um, with his movies as well. And, you know, it's not he he never loses sight that it's supposed to be an entertaining um, journey. And even in his non horror, like we were talking like, like Big Trouble in Little China, like it's such a fun movie or ride it's just you're just having a blast the whole time while you're watching it
1: and uh similar for for that's like a kind of a reason why i also like uh festivals in a way because that movie doesn't fit into any genre or fits into many genres and sometimes you know people don't want that they want to is it is it horror is it thriller is it whatever Uh, and at festivals you know there's a lot of movies like that where they either fit into several or don't really fit into any
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I watched a movie last night that was like that. Uh, I don't know if you've seen Malignant yet. Yeah, I did. Um, (laughs) So um, that that was a movie I I recommend that if people can and and safely, whatever, watch it in the theater. I agree 100 percent. At some point, I'm not spoiling anything, but at some point, like it gets really far out there and fun. And when you're I was in an audience and people were just like shouting and screaming and cheering. And laughing. And it was so much better having that communal experience than if I was just watching at home being like, what the hell is going on here?
1: I agree 100 percent, because I think if you watch it, because I see people talking about uh, the acting or if the story, if you know it before. And I think all of that doesn't really matter at all. Uh, And if you go to watch it, the whole idea of watching this movie with an audience that thinks they're going to see like a mainstream kind of typical horror movie and then it's about the first 45 minutes it kind of is and then it becomes something else it's, yeah. a, it's a very fun experience especially probably for people who watch this or who are, who are weird horror fans
0: yeah for sure i i, I mean i love you know 80s slashers Jalo movies um so i yeah i was like oh wow this is this is really like kind of like got that 80s influence um and it was like really it seemed like a really big budget horror at the same time it was kind of like off genre which is kind of rare uh nowadays to see to see someone able to do that i guess if anyone can do it it's james wan but i was like wow this is this is this is a
1: unique experience i think that's a big chance on his part because he's like a i know he's made these huge movies so you know if he doesn't make one that uh, everyone likes it doesn't necessarily matter, but I think it could possibly hurt his reputation because it's so weird and out there.
0: yeah, yeah, it, it, I guess it could. I, I don't it's like in the old days when the directors they go hey, you make make one for the studio, make one for yourself yeah, exactly you yeah. made Aquaman, and <laughs> then he's like, you know what I want to make a movie for myself. you let me make a movie for myself and they and he did and they let him and uh yeah, we'll see if we'll see if he can do that again.
1: Yeah, it's it's fun because it is a movie that uh, on social media everyone is either like on our camp here or they really hate it. So uh, I would say go in and and just and, and watch it, enjoy it or not, but go in and watch it. It's definitely. Or, I don't think you'll come movie. out like ah, it's whatever. You'll definitely have an opinion one way or the other. Yes. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So, are you going to be at Shriekfest?
0: I will. I will be there. Yes. Um. I. Uh... Yeah, I'll be at the screening and and hopefully at some of the the parties as well.
1: Have you watched uh, Face Your Fears with an audience yet?
0: I got to watch one. I had one screening pre-COVID, like a few weeks before all hell broke loose. Uh, We had one screening and that was a blast. Uh, It was, you know, again, with like horror, you want to watch it in an audience because it's like people react to it while it's going on and, um so it was it was wonderful and then you know we've done a lot of virtual festivals now which aren't it's not really the same so I'm very excited to uh screen it again for an audience and, and to you know to, you, you make a movie because you want to kind of hear people react to it you want to hear them like I mean that's like like mana from heaven hearing you know people jumping or getting scared as a as a horror filmmaker you're like yeah like that's that's what you're trying to do <laughs>
1: Definitely, and what would you say? Some because uh, I always tell people to go to the festivals if you're, if you make stuff, if you have no intention of ever making anything, if you just like stuff, whatever. I think every level of film fan or filmmaker should uh, experience a film festival. So what What do you think the benefits of uh, going to a film festival as as a filmmaker?
0: Oh, so as a filmmaker. Um... It, it's it's just, it's always a great scene. I mean, you're, you're surrounded by other filmmakers, other writers, producers, people who make the same stuff that you're making, um, you know, especially if, if you're doing horror and it's a horror festival. You're meeting a lot of like minded people. Um, you know, you're watching some some great movies, some shorts, features, whatever. Um, and I, I just I love the horror like audience i just i feel like i'm amongst my people uh amongst my tribe when i go to the these horror festivals or, or, or genre festivals or whatever because you know we're all like a certain we're all very unique but we're all a certain type of people i mean we're all kind of chasing this this thrill this interesting underbelly of uh civilization whatever you want to call it um so it's always you know you're just surrounded by a lot of really cool people and it's it's a it's a really fun
1: time yeah uh, I always mention that too. It's like, uh, cause you have like people that would, uh, normal people would think is a typical horror fan. Maybe they get a lot of tattoos and we're, look kind of crazy, but then you have people look pretty normal like yourself. And, uh, and every, but I think all horror fans are really accepting of everybody. Cause they all share the, uh, the love of, of the genre.
0: Yeah. I, I find people who, and maybe I'm generalizing a little bit, but I find people who like really who get into horror films. I find that they're, that they're emotionally, like mentally, well balanced people because they're they're like not afraid to investigate the dark side of things, and they're like I don't know they're just they're, you know I mean I'm sure, I'm sure there's a few wackos where wherever you wherever you go, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know I I feel like we're always like you know we're like we're just really accepting cool people generally who 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 like to watch these, this fun stuff, yeah.
1: yeah. By the way, what's the what's the Brando uh, print or picture or sketch uh, behind oh, That's,
0: that's uh, on the waterfront. So mm-hmm. I got uh, on the waterfront your young Brando. I've got Mulholland Drive uh, over here. Oh, I've got. I should pull this out. My my niece. Uh, oh, nice. Made,
1: made uh, the Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. yeah,
0: she's like a. She's only like third. I think she'll be fourteen. Like, oh, wow! Week. That's really cool. A, an upcoming horror artist. And she said, I'll draw your favorite monster for uh Christmas. And I was like, Can you do the Pale Man? <laughs> I had to translate it into Spanish because she, well, I mean it's a Spanish movie, but because um, she's from Mexico, but she did a wonderful job.
1: Yeah, that's great. I dig it. So uh you like monsters, then nice
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm I I I dig monsters. Um yeah, yeah. I would say so. <laughs>
1: So, uh, what, what was the um what, when you're doing your um fear face the fears face your fears um do you I think you don't want to show too much of you know the entity, uh but you have to show a little bit of something. So, what was your idea of what you know how much you'd show and what it would look it look like?
0: Yeah, well, that's that's a big challenge. Is um you got to give the audience something. You got to give. You got to let let them wet their appetites with something. But the second you show too much of something and the audience gets an idea of what it is they're generally like oh all right it's just that so you always you've got to give them just enough to spark something in their imagination because whatever they imagine of course is going to be far scarier than seeing your creature in in broad daylight like you know I, i think of when i was a kid in the the horror movies that would scare me the most, I, you know, some of them didn't even have a show a monster. I remember the haunting. I saw that as a little kid, the 1961 Robert wise movie, and there were no monsters in that. And I, I just imagined I saw it when I was probably five or six way too young. And I just imagined the worst things possible. Um, but it's hard to get away with that nowadays if you just show nothing. So you have to show something so, you know, I tried to uh, put the creature in the dark uh, as much as possible and barely make it visible at certain points. Um, I was even a little wary of like, I, I wanted to show that she's afraid of the dark without having her explain it or like over the phone or something. So I kind of was like, all right, we're going to show this creature. And she just sees it in the dark when the, when the lights are off and that is her kind of subjective thing that she's projecting um, to show that she's got this, this fear of, of the dark.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Especially in something like this, or like, uh, I always think that's a problem with people have at the end of the, the first, uh, at the mini series is, you know, the big spider, but it's really the idea of it's your worst fear. So whatever the particular people are thinking of is going to be something different. So it's hard to try to show anything that would really encompass that. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's the challenge
0: with a lot of Stephen King movies too, where it's like, you know, he writes these crazy monsters and whatever you envision in your head is going to be way scarier in the book than probably what a filmmaker, because a filmmaker has to actually create these, these things. Um, and I, I think it works with like stuff like it, or, or say the thing where the monster is constantly changing too, right? Like it's not, it never looks the same. It's hard when you got the same monster and you're showing, you know, there's only so many times you can right. show it. At some point, they know what it is. I mean, you, you could just go Mike Myers, like, hey, all right, this is, this, this is what he looks like and whatever, and, and move on. Um, but in, in movies like, like The Thing in It, you can, all right, well, you can take different shapes and forms. And that actually helps because each time it's going to look a little bit different.
1: Yeah, that's uh, what's what's so cool about the thing is it's really an alien. It's not just a guy in a cool, even if it's a cool suit, you you know, it's a guy in a suit. But the thing, it's such an otherworldly thing. You know, it's so bizarre. You don't even
0: know, like it. it, it, You don't even know, like it has no. It it actually has no form, or like we don't even know what its true form is. Like it's, it's that's the scariest part. It's, it's like. We don't even know what it is. We don't, we have no, idea. you know, it just, it took on all these other shapes, but we never know it's true form, um, which is horrifying.
1: Yeah. And I always think the uh, the thing is a movie that appealed to me as a kid and as an adult, because as a kid, I really liked it just primarily because of the cool monsters. Uh, but it's really a perfect movie. The cast, everyone's great in it. It's very well-made. So it's really the best of both worlds where it's cool to look at, but it's also a really well-made movie. Yeah, when you watch it when you get
0: older, you kind of pick up more on the sort of the paranoia of um, not knowing if the person next, like if the person is who, who they say they are and sort, sort of, there's just that, that feeling of paranoia protrudes through the whole movie. Um, and it's, it's rather bleak, which is probably why it it didn't do so well during the 80s. Yeah, It's
1: interesting because it, it wasn't well liked really by all oh, the critics all hated it. And I don't think it, Yeah, it didn't even do well with the audiences and now it's considered you know a classic horror movie.
0: Yeah. That's the scary thing as a filmmaker. And you're like, wow, I made like the greatest, one of the greatest horror movies ever. And <laughs> right. I, I was, I was having a hard time getting a job after that because the movie didn't, you know, the thing did not do well. I think Carpenter said that it's like, it kind mm-hmm. of ruined his or screwed up his career. Cause he couldn't, they wouldn't like let him make another and he, he made this masterpiece at the same time and it's like oh my god what
1: and uh, i always feel like i'm a salesman for this board game but uh, it really captures the paranoia because you play the the characters and one or more or nobody is also the thing and so if you are the thing you try to sabotage everybody and everyone else it you're very paranoid if someone's the thing and when we played it, uh, we voted on to burn one of the characters to death with a flamethrower, and so we uh, killed her. And then it turned out she wasn't the thing. and I, And i really felt weird about that. I was like, "Wow, we killed one of these this innocent woman in, in the game." Yeah,
0: it it, it shows you when, whenever you're you know uh, whatever whatever the message of the movie is <laughs> that we we make sometimes we make people into things when they're not fa- things. <laughs> that's, exactly. That's, that's one of the, the great, uh, you know, the great themes of horror is we, we kind of project things into things when they, you know, when we are the really the ones probably who are acting like the thing. Right. They're not the thing. We're the thing. Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, my co-host couldn't be here, Trista, but um, she usually asks, she likes to know what um, scares horror creators. And it's very fitting for Face Your Fears. So are, do you have any phobias or fears yourself? Oh, uh,
0: so just general phobias. Um, well, I, I, I don't like enclosed spaces. Uh, I, I had to go for an MRI, like, uh, a, a couple months ago. I would never gotten an MRI. I didn't know what an MRI was really. I thought it was just like a, some type of X-ray and they kind of asked me if I had claustrophobia. I was like, Oh, like, no, oh, I'm fine. But I kind of do, but I didn't know they're going to stick me in this. In, <laughs> yeah. This, coffin this, <laughs> this slide me into this coffin and then uh i was i i started getting scared i'm like oh hey how, how long am i going to be in this thing for and they're like oh it's just like 15 20 minutes and i'm like what <laughs> <laughs> i wish somebody that like explained 10 seconds yeah, yeah 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 i can handle like 20 30 seconds 15 and then they get the noises so i i i would say uh in, in closed spaces like movies like maybe the the descent or any any kind of Back movie we're thinking yeah stock- Someone gets stuck in like rocks or cave. I saw this movie as uh, as above, so below. And like there was a part where one of the characters, you know, they're un- they're underneath these like Paris caves and tunnels, and one of the characters gets stuck. And I was just like, oh,
1: oh, I hate that. I hate <laughs> yeah. that. Uh, I'm a hundred percent with uh, the descent. I think is super scary before you know the the monsters even appear. It's like I I, I don't understand anyone who would want to do that. Go on. Yeah. I, I, yeah. That, that makes
0: no sense to me. I, I, yeah. you Get stuck in there and, and some people get stuck in things and then they don't get out. And that's, yeah. that's like, I mean, that, that's like being buried alive. It's like Edgar Allan Poe's worst fear come alive. <laughs> Just get stuck in there and then, you know, and that's it.
1: Yeah. Uh, so uh, who actually made the, did you, you do you yourself make the box the game? no I
0: um, it was made by a company called Talman uh, Talman props uh, they're local to Los Angeles um, so I uh, yeah I, I worked with a designer um, to and we came up with the plans and then Talman kind of uh, put it together they built it um, they did all the the sort of uh, animatronics in the thing where you know there's a crank and it kind of cranks on its own and it lights up and it, the fingers of it move um so they they did all that stuff it really did a great job of it.
1: yeah so like how hands-on are you for something like that do you explain exactly how you want it to look or do you give them a like a uh, general idea and, and they run with it
0: yeah, I, I, I I'm not good at building stuff myself, um, but I we had pretty uh, pretty specific design. I mean, basically, this is exactly how it looked in the design. It, it you know everything to a T. They kind of just do it like it's designed um so yeah they they you know even down to like the fonts that you use for the lettering and everything and how you know but then they're like all right well how you know how faded do you want and how old do you want it to look do you want it to look you know do you want do you want the metal to look rusty or do you want it to look really sleek and alien-like and you know there you can really go uh go hog with like every little detail in it um so yeah, I, I mean they asked you know they they every every little thing is kind of like accounted for when you're when you're making it.
1: And how about the effects in the movie? Were the same people or uh, is that someone else?
0: Yeah, uh so for the effects like the like the like the like the, the creature effects yeah. and stuff. So that was Nick Reisinger who did the uh he did the um the creature makeup effects. And then I, I think I worked with the same designer of the box to Um, kind of come up with a creature that was kind of weird looking. And of course it kind of resembles fear of the dark. So it's kind of black and um, like, you know, it it, it, uh, hides in the darkness where you can't really can't see if it's, if it's there or not, which when I, when I think of fear of the dark, I'm always thinking, you know, as a kid and and being in bed and looking in my dark closet and I I could, I I like I could see, something in the closet, um, or, or, or you don't see it, or it's like your, your mind plays tricks on you.
1: So you said, it, um, it played, uh, festivals before, before COVID. So, um, had you been, uh, during COVID, did you work on anything or did you just kind of take time off? Or? Uh, no, during
0: COVID I, I wrote uh, a feature. Um, um, I, I, I don't it's not, a, it's not face your fears per se, but basically I had to invent a whole new game to get it to work with the story I wanted to tell. Um, so it's a whole new thing. The new game is called play dead. Um, and this story is about a grieving single mother, um, who's a recovered heroin addict. And she discovers a supernatural game that will allow her to communicate with her dead son and, and possibly temporarily reunite with, with the son. Um, like playing the game opens a portal to this terrifying demon. Um, and the only way that she can block out the demon is to use opiates. So she's a recovered addict and she plays this game and then she starts having these horrible nightmares and she's seeing these demons. And the only way to block it out is to start taking drugs again. Um, but the only way to keep playing the game and, and hopefully communicating with her, her son who who, who died tragically before the movie starts is to keep playing this game. So it's like a, she feels this push pull um, with that. So that was, uh, that was, I, yeah, that was most of the pandemic. I, I wrote that feature.
1: So it was, um, was your, always your plan like when you're making the shorts to someday, you know, work up and, and do a future uh, feature film.
0: Yeah. I, you know, with the shorts, I, I, I make shorts just to make shorts. Um, I, I, my, my, my brain, usually it's not like, I come up with a short and then I just turn it into a feature. I mean, I love this game and I wish I could come up with a feature version of it, but if I did, it would just be kind of a
1: longer version of it. Yeah. I I like the idea. That's why I do like the shorts have become a a bigger thing. And even just movies in general, they don't have to be 90 minutes. You know, you see lots of those like 40 minutes or something, because I think uh, something should just be as long as it should be to tell a story.
0: Yeah, if if a story works told over ten minutes or fifteen minutes, it's not necessarily going to work over ninety minutes. Like it's, it, it, I mean, if you have a beginning, middle, and end, and, and like a real character, I think it. I think it works probably certain shorts when there's not really much there to the story. Like say a short like Lights Out. Um, I think that was more successful as a feature because there wasn't really much of a story. It was just kind of a just kind of a creature in the in the dark and stuff. Um, but some of these shorts, I mean, if you're trying to tell a story with a real character who has hopes and fears and, you know, there's something going after her, her, him or her. And, um, you know, it's if, if, if either, either it, it's going to work over a long period or it's going to work over a short period. It's hard to just take that same thing and then turn it into something bigger. Otherwise it would have been that while you were writing right. it, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, we've all seen movies where you're watching it and like it's a good idea and everything, or even there's good scenes, but it's clearly been padded just to be 90 minutes, just because that's, you know, like a magical number. A feature should be that. Yeah. One.
0: Yeah. I try to avoid, I was trying to avoid that situation. And I think I did with this feature. It's its own thing. And, and um, you know, it's, it's, it, it, but it is one other board game horror movies. So if you like board game, I do. Game it's right movies, up my alley. Face your- <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm doing this like whore Jumanji thing. Now. <laughs> I, don't know, but, uh, uh, I I feel like there should be, you know, there's Ouija, but like, I don't know. I feel like there's fertile ground there for, uh, hopefully I can get this thing made. I mean, we'll, we'll see. I would love it to, to get made and come out because I think, I think people would, would dig it.
1: Yeah. Have you ever used a Ouija board?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, when I was younger, we used to use Ouija boards all the time. Um, uh, yeah. I, I used to use them all the time. Uh, yeah. They, they, they creep me out. My, my, my wife, my wife got one for me a couple of years ago and I was really excited and then she got rid of it <laughs> a couple of days later when she talked to her mom and she's like, don't bring those horror. There's enough, you know, horrible spirits he's bringing in with the, the, the horror stuff. And then you're going to bring the Ouija. So I didn't, I didn't get a chance to play it again. Um, but I was a big fan of it when I was a, when I was a kid. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I used one uh, for the first time, I don't know, I guess it's been about eight years ago now. But uh, I, I went in not thinking uh, anything of it, just thought it would be something silly to do. But uh, we actually got a lot of uh, response to it. And they were all very like mundane answers, which made me think there was something more to it. Because I think if you're making something up, even unintentionally, it would be something really uh grandiose or scary or yeah. something. It was just like was, like he said he was a teacher or something. It was like real boring. But but um, uh, but the but that that made it interesting to me. Yeah. Well no yeah, I mean maybe maybe it's just bored in the afterlife. He just uh yeah. whatever. He's, yeah. Then we used it a second time in Salem uh, on Halloween at midnight and got no answers at all. It did nothing. Oh so. uh, but I think yeah, that was I, just, I, it was just too cliche. Yeah, yeah, maybe,
0: maybe. I, I, uh, I grew up um, right next to Salem, and um, we used to go. My cousin lived in the the Salem Woods, and used to go like camping out there. And and uh, we we'd use Ouija boards and we tell ghost stories. And I, you know, I, 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 when I was a kid, I I thought I saw that. That was the only time I thought I saw like a ghost was. Um, was was during that camping trip because there were you know they would tell there was a story of this this uh, this woman she was like a real woman who was who was like she was picked up by a black Cadillac or something and her body was dismembered or something and buried like out in these these woods and I swear I saw like a floating torso I mean I'm sure it was in my head but as but as a kid you. You think you think you're seeing stuff. Yeah, I can um, remember
1: that story. I'm in, Ma- I'm from, I'm in Massachusetts too. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, we're, we're I'm close. on the Cape. Okay. All right. I, I, I forget if it
0: was, was it like Madeline McCann or something? I don't I know. Remember,
1: it, was, it was, everyone was talking about it at the time. Um, so you heard that story. It was. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm a little. I don't know if you know where sandwich is, but sandwich on. on Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. My, my, uh, I, (laughs) this is a weird, uh, aside, but (laughs) I, I did a whole project on sandwich, uh, for my, uh, my, my oceanography class. My teacher, (laughs) Mr. Ferris, was from sandwich and he was so proud of sandwich. He would talk about sandwich all the time. So to get an easy A, I made this like, uh, clay uh thing of like the town of sandwich with this like light in the middle and he gave me an a it, was, <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't even that good of a, a, a thing but he was just so happy it was sandwich so yeah uh, yeah
1: i don't i don't know what he's happy about it's not the most exciting place we have a, the, the oldest working grist mill and then in oh, okay. <laughs> a glass museum that's you know i think okay. that's the All big right. uh the big parts with yeah. that. But, but that's well, I, good. I'm
0: glad that he's proud of it. Sure, I'm sure locals though are like they're they're pretty. A lot of locals, I'm sure, pretty proud of proud of their little town. I, I have to. I
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you got it. I'm glad it, it worked out well for you. Uh, I don't know what to say to that, but it's very interesting. <laughs> so, well, what made you decide like you want to pursue you know making films? I So I started, I,
0: I always, well, not always, kind of around 18, 19, I kind of got the inclination I wanted to be an actor. Um, so I started taking acting classes, and I studied some theater in college, and then I moved out to Los Angeles to become an actor um, from, from Massachusetts. And I, I kind of uh, fell on my face. It was really hard, and, uh, you know, I was mostly just, like, waiting tables all day. So I, I took a little break, and I worked a little bit, and then I kind of I started to get back into acting again because I was like you know what I really miss doing this, um, and then people were saying oh well, you got to you know make your own content and blah blah blah. So uh, at my acting school we did a 48 hour film fest where they you know they give you like a few words and a prop and they're like you're gonna make a movie. Um, so we formed a group and um, and no one had a camera except uh, my my wife my she's my girlfriend at the time she had a like a DSLR. I was like, well, she has a camera and they're like, all right, good. You're the director. Then and I was like, but I mean, I don't know how to work the camera. I don't know how to use it. And they're like, well, we don't know how to use it either. So somebody's <laughs> going to do it. So that was a, that was a thing it took was to, was to just do it. And then I, I was awake for 48 hours straight. We shot it and I edited it and all that. And I had no idea what I was doing, but I, we did it and we made a short and I think it was like, not, you know, it was, was not bad for not knowing what the hell you're doing. Like it had something to it. Um, and I thought, Oh, all right, well, maybe I can do this. I just got to like stop making excuses and, 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 and just do it. Of course it's a, it was a, it's a far more complicated um, craft than I understood then when you, when you're and you don't know, you don't know, you don't know how deep the rabbit hole goes. But, you know, I just learned it as I went. And and so I kind of got into it uh, a lot later than other people who've been making movies longer. I, I kind of fell into it, but I realized that I really, really enjoyed it. And and horror was just something that I kept, you know, I, I don't know. I, maybe I just have a twisted mind, but my my mind would always go to weird places. And I was doing like comedy, but there would always be really weird, twisted, horrific characters. And people are like, you should just do horror that might have a hint of comedy. Rather than the other way around, and then after that, I, I didn't look back. I just I feel like I really found my my genre.
1: So the you um, know, I know it it seems very simplistic what you just said about just do it, but that's come up several times me especially interviewing independent filmmakers is uh because a lot of people think about like I can make this or I have an idea but I don't know anybody or I've never done anything. But uh, if you actually do it, if it turns out bad or whatever, at least you, you've made it and uh, you know, could lead to other things.
0: Yeah. I, well, that was the, that was the big difference. I mean, if, if I, I just assumed I was like, I can't, I can't do this. I, I and it never even really occurred to me. I, I always loved movies. I loved going to the movies, but I was like, you know, I don't know how to work the camera. It was, it was always, but in this situation I was forced to do it. And, and that was the, the thing. And I, and I kind of kicked myself afterwards. I'm like, I wish I, I wish I did it when I was younger. I, I always loved movies. I, I thought, I thought of that would be a cool thing. And, uh, and, and I say to anyone, if, you know, if you're even considering it, just go, just go do it and see if you like it. I mean, you could just grab your phone and, and shoot some stuff and edit it even on your phone. And and, and, and if you don't like it, you don't have to do it again. But for me, I found I, I really liked it and I, and I felt like I had a knack for it. Um, so I'm glad I was forced <laughs> into it because and, and yeah. I, I didn't stop since that, mo- that time. I would made probably at least 30 short films, a lot of them probably not very good, Um
1: I, I, not just you here, but I, honestly, I've enjoyed uh, the ones I watched. Uh, I watched, well, I watched, uh, face your fears for the interview, but then I, I started watching the other ones cause I saw you yeah, on Vimeo and, uh, I, re- I really liked the first one I watched. So I started watching them and yeah, I think they're really well-made and oh, I, thank um, you. Uh, thank, thank you. Yeah.
0: I, I, I got, I kind of did a, a whole bunch before that. And then once I started getting into horror, I felt like I started hitting my stride, uh, a little bit. Um, so yeah the more you do it the better the better you get at it it's like any other any other craft
1: is it the same um, uh, th- is it the same feeling that you had from acting or is it a different creative outlet to, to you know, actually direct and, and write something
0: yeah it's very different um, I mean it's all ultimately storytelling but um, it's it's different I, I, acting there's this more sense of immediate like catharsis when you're acting and you're in a scene and, and, you know, you had a great, great scene with your partner or whatever. And, and the director high fives you and you, and you, and you, you know, you feel great and you go back and sit down, you know, that with directing, you're just, it's like when you're shooting, it, it's just non, there's no moment to really chill out and, and it's, everything is constantly going, but you feel this like adrenaline of like, you, you're kind of in control of the thing. You're, you're the, you're the captain of this pirate ship and and you're, you know, sailing out into battle or whatever. And, and there is a, a rush, you know, I do get a rush from that. Um, and, and there, is, and when you, you know, have control over the vision, I mean, it's a collaborative process and everyone brings their, their talents. It's not just you doing it, but you're, you're ultimately the tastemaker. Um, there is, I think a level of um, satisfaction you can get that you don't, um always get in acting because you don't have as much control um over the over you know what it is and and how they're going to edit it and shoot it and all that I mean, you just hope it's going to be good but when you when you kind of have the control you have your you know your taste is kind of driving it and then people watch it and they like it i think that's probably more fulfilling than if i just acted in it you know and, and they like my performance or, or something
1: um, how about Alia, who who plays the main character in in your new movie "Face Your Fears"? Uh, did you know her beforehand? How did she get involved? She was uh, she had she she goes or went to my acting
0: uh, school called Stuart Rogers Studio, which is a great school for actors. I didn't know her. I asked um, a, a friend of mine for some recommendations for uh, certain actors, and he sent me a few. And then um, I like, we have mutual friends. And so I just kind of, she had a great look for the part. And then I got to know her and um, you know, I wanted to make sure that she's kind of serious about the craft because I'm very serious about the craft. And when I show up, like, I want the person to show up prepared and like they're here to work and, and, and give it their all because I'm taking this serious. And I don't want people who are half-assing it. Fortunately at the school, like it, people really take the craft seriously. So I got to know her and she's since become a friend. I mean, she's such a great actress. She's uh, just so dedicated, um, even though she, you know, it's basically just her in the movie and there's not a lot of dialogue or she's, you know, not, not in dialogue with other people. Um, it's a challenge. It was a challenge for her. She had to really carry the movie herself um, and I, and she did a great job and she took it, even though it was horror, she saw the merit in the script and she took it very seriously and I think her performance uh, really reflects that.
1: Do you think that background in acting has helped you as a director?
0: I, th- I think so. Yeah. I, I, um, I, I've always just been able to talk to, to actors um, and I kind of took it for, or I could kind of like watch a scene and, and be like, all right, like it's not quite working. Let's try this. Let's try that. And um, that's just be- probably because of, of taking acting classes and, and studying as an actor because I've seen with other movies that people who, who directors say they come from a technical standpoint of cinematography or their visual effects artists or colorists, sometimes that, that's a that's a struggle. Is like getting getting the performance, like getting them, like knowing how to talk to them to really engage their imagination to get the performance. Um, and that's come. I mean, I wouldn't say it's easy, but it, it's it comes a little more natural because I have that background and um, and and as a writer too. I mean. You know, I, I know what exposition feels like when it's like somebody has to somebody has to like read these lines with conviction and like motivation. And, and I, I try not to just throw in B.S. lines that aren't motivated. I, I, I really, really stickler for that. I'm sure I fail at certain points, but uh, for yeah, for unnatural, unnatural moments, unnatural dialogue, I, I, I really look out for stuff like that. Do you still do acting? no i uh i do not i you know maybe i'll get into it again i've kind of got my hands full with the with the writing and directing um it's so much work just to do those two things and then to add an acting uh it's just, it would be i'd be a little bit overwhelmed but i wouldn't rule it out in the in the future you know we'll see we'll see what happens i, I do enjoy it i wouldn't mind
1: doing some acting here and there yeah you said you know you were a little older than, than normal for people who who leave their home and go to LA to pursue this. Uh, what did your uh, family think of that? And your friends were they were they supportive or they're like I don't know if this is a good idea?
0: Or what? All right. So as a as a fellow Massachusetts Massachusetts Ch- Chus- in a, a, a mass hole, if you will, right, uh, right. Right. <laughs> We can call each other we,
1: exactly. I was just
0: you took the words right <laughs> out of my mouth. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's. It's not really. I mean, especially where I came from, it's not really a thing to get up and move cross-country to pursue a career in the arts. Um, It's just not. So I think a lot. You know, my family. I think a lot of my. Oh yeah, that sounds good, but he's you know he's not actually going to do it, or or they were like, well, if he's going to do it, he's not going to you know come back in six months to a year or whatever. Um, So I think they were you know I think everyone was very supportive of it, um, but I think there was a little bit of. you know, I, I, well, come on, you know, you're, you're going to go all the way out there. You don't know anyone, you don't know, you know, you're, for a career in the arts, you crazy. And I was, I was like, I am crazy. I well, <laughs> I feel, well, I feel like I'm crazy if I don't go because all right. I mean, I see what my life could be here and, and, and whatever, like that, that's fine. But I, I, I can't just give into that without this, you feel like this urge to, to do this thing. And I was like, I, I feel crazy if I don't like, go with this urge because whatever you got you got one life you might as well give give it a shot at least um so they yeah but they, but they you know they i think once i was out there for a couple of years a few years they were like all right i think he's i think he's staying out there i think he's <laughs> serious about it <laughs>
1: yeah so when you did go out there you know you said it was hard you know it was hard obviously but um did you did you find like there's a, a horror community out there
0: yeah um i i didn't find it until later um with like festivals and doing short horror and i got to know some of the people who are doing horror also out here like doing their own short horror films and some of them have since become friends and um you know we talk about projects and stuff so there is a there is a good horror community and and i hope to see some of them at at shriek fest and, and maybe meet some some new people um who are who are local but there's definitely, you know, there's a there's a good amount of people doing horror stuff out here in LA, uh, which is cool. Do
1: you ever go to the uh, the uh, trivia at Burbank in Burbank? The horror trivia the, the, night, the dead right, dead right. I'm not uh, sure what trivia. it's called. I was yeah. there uh, when I was in LA a couple of years ago, right before the pandemic. Oh yeah,
0: I, you know what? I it was always in, been on the back of my mind, and I and I signed up for the mailing list. And then I was going to go, but then the COVID thing, they end up, they obviously they canceled. Yeah. It.
1: Now it's it's a, it was a virtual, it was virtual for a while. I don't know if they even still do
0: it, but yeah. yeah, maybe it's, maybe it's virtual. So I, I, I never, I've never done it, but I've heard, I've heard great things. How, how, how was your experience uh, doing Well, it?
1: it's fun, but I went in thinking like, I know a lot about horror movies, but was, these people are, are uh, these, this is another level of, you know, Uh, my friend michael who who lives out there when we went i went and played on his team and he was like you know all of us are in in the regular population where we'd be in the top you know two percent or whatever of of horror knowledge but in this room we're like the bottom you know 90 (laughs) yeah Yeah, it was yeah there were just i was happy when i knew a question but they they just knew everything they knew stuff it was like What's the kill count of RoboCop two? And it's like a hundred and eighteen. Or I'm like, who who wouldn't know this? I I don't understand. Oh, yeah, but, but, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah I, I don't I don't think I would do. Like I I think I know more about horror than most people. But right. amongst people who are really obsessed, I I I don't think I would. I don't think I would do very well. I yeah, I, I, it. It. I, I I love horror, but I I watch a lot of movies of all kinds of genres because I think it all. I do too. Yeah it can inform the, your horror work. If you're just watching horror, you're kind of going to make stuff that might be, uh, you know, uh, replicating something you've already seen. Um, and, the, and the horror people I really like, like say someone like Robert Eggers, or Ari Oster, um stuff like that. They're watching, you know, they're watching weird art movies and, and old movies, and they're bringing all that stuff into their, into their work as well. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a, a heavy hitter with the, <laughs> With the the hardcore horror trivia by any
1: means. Yeah, no, it was fun. Don't get me wrong, but it was. Yeah, I did not do well. But but yeah, uh, the fans of the show might be upset if I say this, but yeah, I see all kinds of movies too. I went. I just went to see it in the eyes of Tammy Faye, the Tammy Faye Baker show movie. So. Oh, sure, oh that, yeah, uh, half horror, but it was very good actually, <laughs> and
0: it looked like kind, yeah. of, kind of great, scary, great cast.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is very uh, real life horror. Yeah, Mary yeah. Falwell, and, yeah, yeah, that that stuff's really that
0: stuff scares me. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> but yeah. So that the new Clint Eastwood movie. Oh yeah, actually not not good. I'm a Clint Eastwood fan, but this was not not yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. he I even feel bad even saying anything. I just it, I yeah. normally really like his movies, but this was just kind of sad to watch. Yeah. and not intentionally so. It's just yeah, yeah. All right, I might wait. I might
0: just watch that streaming or or something. Yeah. Maybe. And uh, cop, cop shop. Oh, so you're seeing all. You're you see everything, huh?
1: Yeah, I'm not. I, they yeah. don't pay me, but but uh, I get the AMC cl- stub club thing, and so oh, you yeah. have to see three yeah. movies yeah. a week. So I just go, and it's yeah. kind of fun though, because uh, some of those movies I might not have watched otherwise, and sometimes it works out. Sometimes I might just leave during the movie, but yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I got to sign up. They actually just
0: turned my local theater. Yeah, into it's out Just a couple weeks ago, it started. Maybe last three. month. So yeah, maybe. Uh, I was thinking I should. Yeah, it's like fifteen yeah. bucks a month, and it, yeah, it's twenty like bucks,
1: bucks I think, and three a three a week, and you can even see use it all in one day. So a lot of times I go up to Boston and just watch three movies in a day, and it's fun. Yeah, are the are the
0: theaters? Uh, my my hometown theater of uh Revere closed. Um, last time I was there, which kind of depressed me,
1: but how, how, how are the theaters? Um, well, when I Show first them started them going best. back to, to, to the AMC, I go to the AMC and Lowell's, um, you know, yeah. right on, uh, in Boston and, uh, it was like pretty dead, but it's actually been pretty busy last, uh, few weeks. But, uh, what's really cool is the two theaters I really like are, uh, Coolidge on Coolidge Corner in Brookline and, yeah. um, the Brattle Theater in yeah. uh, Cambridge. Cause they've. Yeah. They show a lot of old movies and a lot of art, uh, art house movies. And I, I didn't know if either one was going to reopen cause they had, they were staying alive with you know, don- donations, but both of them just uh, reopened uh, in the last couple months. So I was happy yeah. to do that.
0: And I, and I think this, my, uh, the Salem, uh, the little Salem. And it's Theater open too. I've have all been reopened, yeah. uh, which I, I was, I was kind of, you know, well, whatever, whatever the worst things in the world, but the, my movie played at the Salem horror festival. Oh yeah. So excited because I maybe I get a chance to invite all my friends and we all go to the San, the little Salem Theater in the mall that I always went to as a kid. But you know it got shut down. Uh, so, but it, but I'm ha- I'm happy. Yeah, they reopened that because yeah. that theater when I was younger.
1: I don't I don't like to make about me or anything, but a similar boat. I made a first a short film and it was doing. it did a lot of festivals, which I was very excited about and got to see a lot of places. But it was going to play Boston Underground Film Festival last year, which is the film festival i go to every year and it's where i met every you know people i make i started make movies with and literally like it was that week they waited till last minute and they shut it down and so it uh you know Uh, it ended up doing virtual like months later which is cool but it wasn't the same as being there and watching it with everybody
0: yeah 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 that's a bummer that's a bummer yeah
1: but of course i want everyone to be safe yeah yeah right right right. i don't want anyone to think like you know i think that's you know more important or something but it is it still is you know disappointing
0: if you can you know go to the theater and the theaters are real you know as long as you stay safe hopefully get vaccinated all that stuff and and uh yeah check out yeah watch movies if you can do it it's it's because it's for me there's just nothing like the theatrical i yeah i agree experience it's just i i i this idea of like, oh, watching everything from home streaming. It's like, I I don't like, I just, I love going to the theater. It's, 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 it's an, it's, it's an experience. Like if you're, if you watch something in a theater, like you're there, you're in the environment, like you remember the actual experience of watching it because it's just like you,
1: you can't escape. If you're watching home, even if you don't want to pick up your foot, you're probably going to, and you got the lights on. But if you're in the theater, it's all black and it's huge. And, and the sound, you can feel it and you can't really escape from it. It's right there. And it's a totally yeah. different experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I but, get sad. I also get like depressed or very mad when I see people saying, oh, like I, you know, I don't care if the theaters die because everything's on streaming now. And it's like, it's not, it's not the same.
0: Yeah, I mean, i'm sure you know maybe a lot of people just they, they don't get that maybe they don't get that same yeah, yeah. That we, we get from the theater but i am i feel like there's enough and i'll tell you something in los angeles it's crazy the so there's a bunch of like repertory theaters that reopen like quentin tarantino's new beverly yeah. cinema there's a theater close to me at the los Feliz theater that the american Cinematheque um programs three movies a day there so like you know classic movies foreign movies and every single screening is full um, of these movies you know and a lot of them are like old movies they're they're movies from other countries um, and it could be the middle of the day and 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 the theaters are full like they're packed full of people so that there's people do there are some people who do want to go to the theater who do appreciate that and I, I might actually uh, go go tonight. <laughs> um, there, there's a Wong, Wong Wai Y uh, thing they're doing. They're playing Chungking Express. I might I might go there. Oh, to like,
1: that, yeah. That. And then there's a Kiyoshi Kurosawa. I don't know if you're in the Kiyoshi Kurosawa. My brother actually is. He's always trying to get me into this, but uh, if he he sometimes is on the show. But he he would be. He's always mad at me if, for not watching all these movies.
0: Yeah. And check check out the movie uh, Pulse by by Kiyoshi Kurosawa. That that's a really interesting horror movie i actually saw they played that a week ago i've seen it a few times but it's a it's a cool it's a cool little horror movie uh jj horror yeah. um but it's really it's got a lot of interesting themes going on in, in that film
1: and when i was out there um uh we went to see uh at the new beverly uh die hard it, on uh, christmas eve oh and then i and then, I, yeah. and then uh, People always, you know, debate, and not, then I realize, oh, this is totally a Christmas movie. It's Christmas music the whole movie, and yeah, oh, yeah. It's Christmas. Yeah. I don't it's know why it's even a debate. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's a Christmas movie. I mean, just because. I mean, well, there is a guy dressed as Santa. You can't, you can't say that.
1: Right? Isn't there? Do they dress? Yeah, uh, yeah. And if you listen, the whole score is all Christmas music. It's just you know it might be a little hidden, but the all right. Christmas music. Yeah. So yeah, we've we've put that debate to rest here on the show. It's a yeah. Christmas. Movie. I got a machine gun. Ho ho ho! What's yeah? Christmas? It's official.
0: <laughs> <huh>?
1: <laughs> so you're working on the uh, on the feature. Um, where can people go to watch uh, some of your shorts?
0: Yeah, so uh, you can, yeah, if you just uh, Google or or not uh, go on YouTube, uh, Neil Stevens Films, you can subscribe to my YouTube channel. I I generally release them there. I don't, um, you know, I usually don't put them on like Alter or any of these other things. I just put it on my own channel. So you can, uh, yeah, go to YouTube, uh, Neil Stevens Films, Neil Stevens Horror um, there's my Instagram, which is uh, Neil P. Stevens, uh, where I, I post updates of stuff uh, as well. Um, but yeah, those are probably the the two ones for now.
1: Very cool. So hope people get to Shriek Fest. Check out uh, Face Your Fears. And also, if you're not in the area, go and uh, watch some of your stuff on, on your YouTube or if you you can do both, or it's not either or. Yeah, yeah, why not? Yeah, are you are you, no, you, you going to totally be there? Totally. I am not, unfortunately. Uh, Trista may be there; she's in L.A.
0: Okay, okay, all right. Well, I'll, if I see her, I'll introduce myself. Uh, but yeah, yeah, if you're ever uh, yeah out here, or whatever, drop me a line.
1: I will. Yeah, yeah. The plan the plan was to do some more stuff out there, but
0: a lot, a lot yeah. of plans uh, went up in smoke uh, last. That's your half. Right. Um, but hey, that's that's life, right? Yeah.
1: All right. Very good. Thanks for doing this. It's been fun. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Neil. It was really nice chatting with you. From ancient terrors to the search for modern day conspiracies, the tomb of Nick Cage is the new sound in horror rock. Uncover the mystery of old world horror for the new world order on iTunes, Amazon, and more. Where we should have listened. The tomb of Nick Cage. They're coming at night, mostly. They're coming at night, mostly. They're coming at night, mostly. They're coming at, they at night, mostly. Find out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The tomb of Nick Cage.